You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Hello, everyone. Before we get started with today's episode, we wanted to give a shout out to Mike Cameron. He is one of our devoted listeners, a Patreon supporter, but more importantly, a friend we've had the privilege to get to know over the past few years. If you've listened to any of the other podcasts in our small community, you've probably heard Mike on dozens of episodes showing us what it means to be a great trivia player. Currently, he's having a very tough battle with cancer, and all four of us would like to throw our support behind him and his fight. Yeah, that's right. Mike was uh, one of the first people that we met, uh, the first Geek Bowl that we went to. Uh, He was an early supporter of ours, and like you said, a great, great guy to hang out with, and we wish him the best. If you would like to join all four of us in supporting Mike, you can check out the show notes of today's episode for two separate links. The first link is going to be a Facebook page that his friend Cindy Wiggins Comer started to keep an update on everything that is going on with his journey. And the second link is actually a PayPal address. If you know anyone who has had cancer or you yourself have dealt with it, you know that it is not only a fight on your body, but also monetarily. So if you would like to make a donation to help with some of the medical expenses, you can use that PayPal address and the money will go directly to Mike. We wish Mike the best and we know he's going to put up one hell of a fight. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to uh, Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. It's also the game where uh, absence makes the heart grow fungus, I've been told. so mm-hmm. I don't know how Who you guys feel that? about that. No one says that. <laughs> I think I've said it one or one or two times. Mm. So I'm, I'm glad you've all stuck with us. Uh, and there's nothing to be absent from because this is our 200th consecutive game. Whoa. It's Whoa. crazy. 200, what, consecutive full game, and I think we're maybe almost to 400 total releases, something like that. It's crazy. Still haven't missed a week either. 
we I almost had... we almost had a mm. had a stumbling block, but we were close covered. Calls, we were couple covered. Times. Couple close calls. That's right. Yeah, we've never missed a week. Uh, we're I think we said it before. We're the Cal Ripken of uh, podcasting. <laughs> so this this episode is a clip show, right? That's what we're gonna do. Just yes, we're going classic <laughs> Simpsons clip show. Do you know how long it would take me to edit a clip show? <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, you even said we're not really going to celebrate until 211 episodes. Why is that? Uh, that is when we will pass the great show of Everyone Loves Raymond. Uh, that, that's the next milestone I think that we're shooting for. <laughs> 211. And, and then we just passed Becker, so I think that that's the next the next big one. Wait, Becker was on that long? No, it wasn't. I don't know. F- you, Becker. Becker <laughs> Nobody watched Becker. So as you all know by now, I've got Ken and Neil in the studio with me. Matt is coming to us via the wonderful interwebs from L.A. But we also have a couple special guests with us, and I'll start with our savage superstar patron who's going to be playing with Matt today, Kevin Kushel. How are you doing, Kevin? Doing great. How are you doing? Good. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a high school teacher. I teach business ed, and I live in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I've been listening to the podcast pretty much since it started, and I'm really excited to be on today. Really looking forward to it. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. We're looking forward to having you as well. You've uh, been in the crop for quite a while, so we're glad we could finally put this together. And it was mm-hmm. a pleasure meeting uh, Kevin in person at Geek Bowl. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah, yeah, Geek Bowl in Vegas. Yeah, we had yes. a fun time there. <laughs> yes, we did. I think that's Matt saying that uh, he didn't lose all of his money. So, no, that good time stays in Vegas. I read all the cue cards, so I know <laughs> we don't talk about it. <laughs> And uh, you know him and you love him, especially if you are us in the studio. He's been with us several times on the show, joined us for Geek Bowl. It is Oakland Five supporter, Joe Wen. How are you, Joe? Hey, folks. How's it going? I'm doing all right. In Brooklyn right now, having a little snowstorm. Not to time stamp it, but this is a nice little snowstorm we're having right here in the Northeast. Yeah. If you want to timestamp it, today is the day of the big game. The big game. Whatever that means. The big game. Trademark. <laughs> so, the Joe, game we're about to play is what you mean, right? <laughs> Absolutely, Joe. You've got some luscious locks over there. What else have you been up to uh, since we've talked to you last? Yeah, you know, besides not cutting my hair, um, just chilling up here in Brooklyn, being an attorney, um, doing a lot of writing, playing some FIFA. You know, basic dude stuff. <laughs> Does not cutting your hair count as an activity? Are you not cutting my hair. I think you're actively not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's hair looks so nice and luscious. You you almost are giving off like a Nightwing vibe. Are you fighting crime on the weekends? I cannot. I cannot confirm or deny it. my ability to fight crime at nights. All right, but before we get started, you know what we have to do. Throw it to the rules guy. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. All right. Let us begin. Um, Matt and Kevin, what will your team name be? Uh, I'm going to let Kevin use his uh, usual uh, trivia name. Uh, Kevin, what do you usually go with? Uh, we, uh, The team I'm a part of, we're fans of Arrested Development, and so we call ourselves the Hot Cops. And a lot of people do not get the reference, but we do, and, and we enjoy it. All right. The Hot Cops. And how about us, Jeff? Well, uh, we also have been flashing on the lights so that people know what's going down. And uh, we are also inspired by Arrested Development. We're going to be the Banana Stands. Banana Stands, because we're fans of the Banana Stand. 
Awesome. And uh, I'm going to sit out. I'm going to keep score. Uh, I tweaked my neck yesterday. And uh, unfortunately, uh, despite... Now, now you can't answer trivia questions. I can't answer trivia <laughs> questions. And I <laughs> and I can't uh, keep Beyonce happy because I can't turn my head to the left, to the left. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to keep score today. Okay. Yeah. All right. I will say Anyang to both teams here. Anyang. Anyang. Question number one. Uh, meaning, pick me up or cheer me up. What is the name of the coffee-flavored Italian dessert made of ladyfingers, eggs, sugar, and mascarpone cheese? Okay, uh, the hot cops are locking in. So, I don't know. I'm thinking uh, tiramisu is an obvious uh, choice we could go for with the coffee. I don't think there's cheese in that. The ladyfingers lead me towards a trifle because of that Friends episode where she tries to make a trifle and she messes it up. Um... But I don't know. I'm comfortable letting you lock in whatever you think. Let's try. I don't know any other Italian desserts. So let's try tiramisu. Tiramisu. Locked in. All right. Well, I have been passing on my desserts lately. Uh, apparently, I had no idea on this one. But Kevin, you had you had a kind of an inroad on this one. What did you think it was? I, I was also pretty sure that it was tiramisu. Because it, that has the lady fingers, that has uh, the espresso. So it just seemed to fit. So okay. that's what we locked in. And points to both teams. It is exactly tiramisu. Well done, mm. both teams. I didn't realize there was cheese in that. I was sitting here. I was like, oh, he's going to go the wrong way. Don't seems, do it. Seems <laughs> a little more delicate than to have a cheese, I thought. All right. No <laughs> comments. <laughs> All right. Next question is number two. An abbreviation for Southwestern Townships, Soweto, that's S-O-W-E-T-O, Soweto is a township of over 1 million people located in what nation? I believe that's also Madeline Kahn's favorite type of shoe. (laughs) (laughs) So stretch. (laughs) If you know, you know. Okay, so I thought initially it sounded uh, African. Um, Kevin, you thought South Africa, you were saying? Yep. Yeah, I thought I heard it possibly in District 9 before, which took place in South Africa. So we said South Africa. Cool. Uh, We didn't know if Joe was kind of playing with the concept of nation. Uh, When we think Southwest, we're thinking Southwestern United States. And uh, we said Navajo Nation. Mm, not quite. Soweto is a township just outside, or maybe a part of now, Johannesburg in South Africa. Good job, guys. Nice job. Nice Good poll. Guy. All right, moving on to number three. Actor John Hamm has been the voiceover actor for commercials for what luxury brand of automobiles that uses the slogan, the best or nothing? Oh, we can lock in. Ooh, that's Jeff's favorite uh, commercial voiceover artist. Jeff knows his, his ham. <laughs> and his luxury uh, automobiles. And his luxury automobiles. Yeah, St. Louis man, John Hamm. Yeah. So you have? Do you know? Are you familiar with his work? And talked to Kimmy Schmidt. I, I'm yeah, I'm very familiar with his work, but I do not know this one, unfortunately. Uh, what was the slogan? One more time. The best or nothing, and I'll try to do my best John Hamm impression. The best or nothing. <laughs> okay, so Did that help. It might have actually. Okay. I think, this might be BMW. Does that sound? Uh, pretty much. I'll, I'll, I'll go with just about anything you suggest because okay. I really don't now, have an idea. Now, is John Hamm the guy who says, all right, all right, all right, I'm here in my Lincoln? <laughs> yeah, that, that is John Hamm. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you get of, the two confused. Star of Mad Men. 
Uh, yeah, if you want to go with BMW, that'll that's a fine answer to me. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I just wish British driving machine. I don't know if they'd have John Ham. Uh, Midwest John Ham. That's yeah. okay though. We'll we'll lock in with BMW anyway. BMW. Um, BMW is German. Uh, I knew you were gonna start yeah. with that. <laughs> Just for the record, Matt. And uh, I believe their slogan is the ultimate driving machine. But I believe the slogan of Mercedes Benz is the best or nothing. It is Mercedes Benz, the best or nothing. Well done. Now, Kevin, I drive, I drive a Kia. So what am I? What do I know? <laughs> Now, Kevin, uh, so John Hamm was a teacher in the St. Louis area and became a, a megastar. So what TV show would you like to star on? Because you're due now, I, I would think, in a couple of years. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've been teaching for about 25 years. so Any day now. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's Breaking Bad, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one fact related to that is he was Ellie Kemper's drama teacher. Mm -hmm. in high school yeah. so yeah it's a whole weird st louis thing but I, I don't know that's a good question well well john ham uh if you're listening uh kevin needs a part in your next project i'm sure exactly. he's listening sure uh, of course he's listening question number four in this round actresses shannon doherty lee sand falk and kim walker all played characters with what first name in a 1988 movie directed by michael lehman Okay, this one took took me a second, but I think we're locked in. Okay. Uh, Kevin, do you think it's Heathers? Yes. This, these are the Heathers? Definitely. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're locking in with Heathers. Yeah, I just had to think about a, a movie that's uh, about people with the same name, so we said Heathers. Nice job to both teams. The answer is Heathers. They played the Heathers and Heathers. That is a weird movie. Yeah, it is. It's uh, definitely darker, I think, than people realize when they start it. Yeah. Christian, it, Christian Slater also played Heather in that, right? Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> and when the writer was Heather, and the, I saw, I was watching it, and one weird part of it where Winona Ryder burns her hand on the cigarette lighter, and then, and then Christian Slater grabs her hand to light his cigarette <laughs> instead of the cigarette lighter itself. <laughs> it's a weird movie. If you haven't it heard is the, incredibly weird movie. the musical is very good. If you haven't heard the cast album of that, if it's on Spotify, it's very good. Wow, I did not know that. All right, cool. Yeah. I may check it out. Let's go to question number five. While a yogi is a term that describes a practitioner of yoga, what slightly longer word specifically describes a female practitioner of yoga? So as you know, I'm a practitioner myself. Yes. Not very good, but that's, you know, it's all about the practice in yoga. You don't worry about being good or being flexible. However, I don't think I've ever heard this word used. Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um... So we we have no idea. <laughs> uh, we're throwing around some things. You said a yo yogas maybe, or mm -hmm. I said yoganista, which is not right probably. Oh, I thought you were gonna go for the yugi yo. Oh, no, yeah, I mean maybe just a yo yoganess. I guess is not probably right, but it's I don't think we're gonna get anything closer. <laughs> so you want to lock in with that? Sure, that sounds good. All right. And uh, despite me being a practitioner, I have also no idea. So we are just going to take a quick corpse pose or shavasana, recenter ourselves, and tap out. All right. Well, no points on this one. The correct answer is yogini. Oh. Y-O-G-I-N-I. -I. 
Yogi, I believe, is non-gender specific, but Yogini specifically describes a female practitioner of yoga. Yogini was the name of the magician at my sixth birthday party. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think I was. I think I was there. And actually, Matt, you told me about a yoga practitioner that was on like the 1927 Yankees. <laughs> no, I did not. Yogini Berra. Yeah. <laughs> He's from St. Louis as well. There so, you go. The St. Louis Yogi connection. Ben. Yep. And uh, after five questions, it uh, looks like we need a score update, uh, but everything's tied. So it's 30 to 30. So things are just moving right along here. Awesome. All right. Question number six in this round. Uh, Taiga, Coolio, and Kendrick Lamar are among several notable rappers born in what city situated just south of downtown Los Angeles? I believe when Kendrick's first album came out, it was a big deal because it was kind of like the first big, big rapper to come back from this area of Compton, which is where a lot of the 90s rappers were from. So we locked in with Compton. Yeah. Channeling Tupac in California Love, we thought about the city, the city of Compton. So that's what we locked in with. Points to both teams. Yeah, those are all Compton rappers. A couple other rappers, like you mentioned, the game is from Compton. Uh, Vince Staples from Compton. More famous is Ice Cube and Dr. Dre. Straight out of mm -hmm. Compton. Compton, California. And most famous of all, Compton lady, sing this song, doo-dah. <laughs> Stephen Foster, noted Compton rapper. What a banger. <laughs> Add a little beat under that. You got yeah. solid gold. Yep. Something I discovered while researching this, Taiga himself is half Vietnamese. His mother's Vietnamese. Oh. His last name is Nguyen, uh, which might be the most famous uh, Vietnamese rapper out there. And he got his name Taiga because of uh, his mom called him Tiger Woods because he's half black, half Asian. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Number seven. The 1973 romance novel Going Home was the first published novel of what author who would go on to write over 100 more novels? 1973. The 1973 romance novel Going Home was the first published novel of what author who would go on to write over 100 more novels? So should we go with that one romance author that we know? Yeah. Okay. We're locked in. I know that Danielle Steele writes romance, and she's written a ton of books. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she started in 73, but that's like the best guess that I can think of. Yeah, well, that's better than my guess of Nicholas Sparks, who was probably not around at the time. So we'll say Daniel Steele. Sounds right. good. And we're not here to judge anybody and their age, so we're saying Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> the correct answer is Daniel Steele. <laughs> All right. Yeah, probably the most prolific romance novelist in modern history. Did you know? Yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to go with, but that's fine. Question number eight in the popular online game Among Us, players are given one of two roles, crewmates, and what other role whose goal is to anonymously sabotage and or kill the crewmates? We are locked in. Mm -hmm. You know this one, Kevin? I, I'm a high school teacher. My students love it. I've watched videos about it, and I, I just, I'm blanking on it. Oh, that's okay. Um, I believe that this is imposter, so yes. we are locked in with imposter. That is definitely it. Yes, anytime I get uh, praise for anything I'm doing in my life, I often feel like an imposter. So uh, we know that this is imposter. Yep, these are imposters. Those are the ones that try to sabotage the mission. So, so, who, so who plays this game? I know me and Neil have played together. Mm -hmm. Matt, I take it you've played. No? I've played it, yeah, but not regularly. 
So I am I am terrible at lying. So when I'm the imposter, I just have to play it cool <laughs> and make sure make sure that the people are distracted by uh, by what other people are doing. But I'm a, I'm a decent imposter, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, I think you're a good imposter. Yeah, and Neil can just lie through his teeth. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. uh, I like playing the uh, the heel. It's fun because I I'll uh, I'll talk about someone being next to me that wasn't, and then I'll kill them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll say, "What happened? Someone killed him. What happened?" Yeah. Awesome. Let's move on to the next question, number nine. What is the last name of the character Daphne, who is played by English actress Phoebe Dinneber on a television series that debuted in December 2020? This is like the perfect game for me, Joe. I wish I was playing. <laughs> okay, we don't know what you're talking about, Joe, but we have a good <laughs> guess as to a popular show that might be somebody's last name, and that's why you didn't say it. Okay, so whenever there's a big new Netflix show, it's usually on the billboard that I drive past on my way to work in the morning. And the ones that popped up around December were all for Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's possibly the last name of the character? That's what I was thinking. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I know it's been very popular. And yeah. so I'm sure, I'm not sure, but I have a feeling that's the show he's talking about. And that's really our only logical guess, so might as well go for it. Yep, locked in with Bridgerton. Yep, we also guessed Bridgerton. And the correct answer is Bridgerton. Well done to both teams. Nice. According to Netflix, it has been streamed into 82 million households, which makes it the most streamed show on Netflix. Yeah, My my first exposure to Bridgerton was when... um, my mom asked me to sell her 35-year-old wedding dress on Facebook, so I said, well, I'll try. Uh, somebody direct messaged me about it saying, oh, it's so beautiful. It looks just like a dress on Bridgerton. And I didn't know what that was. I said, well, you want to buy it? And they said, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, Why did you direct message me then? It was a wild story. And then somebody else said, oh, is this dress still available? And I said, yes. And I said, do you want to come check it out? And they said, no. I was like, I'm taking this dress off of Facebook. I had it. Here's a funny story about, about uh, the validity of the quote, uh, revenge, uh, or excuse me, a massive success is the best revenge. So the show is a Shonda Rhimes show. Mm-hmm. She had a you know massive deal with ABC and, it, you know, she was their number one showrunner, creator, yeah. Grey's Anatomy, all that L- stuff. Little show called Grey's Anatomy. Little, yep. Uh, and a scandal, a bunch of other ones. And uh, sh- her and her family wanted a pass to Disneyland. And they said, well, we only give employees of Disney two passes. And she said, well, the nanny wants one. Can can we have one? She's the biggest star they have on their con- you know, on their, their mm-hmm. role. And they said no. And so she said, okay. And then she left, went to Netflix and made the biggest show on Netflix. So <laughs> that's what they get. There you go. All over a pass to Disneyland. That's it. 200 yeah. bucks. There you go. Final question of the round, number 10. What psychological term takes its name from the title of a 1938 play by British dramatist Patrick Hamilton? In it, Jack attempts to convince her wife, Bella, that she is going insane when she suspects her husband of wrongdoing. I think the term is is gaslighting. I wrote down gaslighting. I didn't think it was a psychological term, but that is definitely what the term means. Um yeah, it's when you mess with somebody's mind, basically. And I know there was a movie uh, where this was. I didn't know it started out as a play, or. Mm-hmm. But Perfect. yeah, I really do think it's probably gaslighting. Okay, we'll lock in with gaslighting. Uh, so we're gonna lock in with gaslighting. Um, are you guys gonna give your answer, or 
Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> what are you talking about? It took about? me way too long. What are you guys talking about? Give your answer already. We're not. <laughs> I'm right. not indulging you, Ken. All right, all right. I'm busy. I, I, what, what's the answer? <laughs> <laughs> gaslighting. <laughs> yes, the play is called Gaslight. Well done. It has been adapted into two movies in, 90, in 1940 and 1944. All right. Well, after uh, an amazing first round here, we've had uh, Heather's references, Bridgerton. If you have your spoons, make sure you're eating them seductively. Um, but the scores as like a, a yogurt commercial. Oh, well, if you've seen Bridgerton, there's a lot that happens with a spoon. That's all I'll say. Okay. Um, and I'll do it for you later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our scores at the end of the first round are 70 to 70. So still tied. All right. My swing round today is all about Saturday Night Live and recurring characters. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the name of a character and the year in which they first came, uh, to debut and you'll have to name the uh performer that performs that character bobby moynihan <laughs> that is a fun game to do people voices of things on the show uh in the don part of voice that wouldn't be on the show like a ham sandwich <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do uh one uh number one uh leon phelps the ladies man uh, debuted in 1997. Number two is Debbie Downer, debuted in 2004. That would be Jeff. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Drunk Uncle, debuted in 2011. Number four, Nick Burns, your company's computer guy, in 1999. You're welcome. Number five, Father Guido Sarducci in 1978. Number six, Ed Grimley in 1984. Number seven, The Girl You Wish You Hadn't Started a Conversation With at a Party in 2012. Number eight, Mango, 1997. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, Pat. From 1990. <laughs> <laughs> and number 10, Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer, 1991. Oh, yeah. All right. As the two teams are going over these questions, uh, we're going to be like Molly Shannon and, and a guest dyer on their radio show, although we're not going to be talking about that uh, suggestive food item. We're going to talk about Patreon. We're super excited to have so many of you supporting our show. It is the uh, the lifeblood of our show, obviously, and it helps us continue to grow. And we have two Patreon supporters here with us at the Savage Superstar level and the Oakland 5 level. Uh, but, Jeff, uh, what are some of the things that people can expect if they start supporting the show on Patreon? Bonus episodes, posters, swag. There's plenty of things out there uh, at all of our levels, uh, ways to connect with us and things that we can give back to you as just a little bit of a token of our appreciation for all that you do for us. So. That's right. And uh, we're on our road to 500 patrons. We're uh, we're nearing that uh, hopefully this year of 2021. So if you can help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast and support our show. And we'll be right back. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. And we are back with our answers. So, Joe, if we could get the characters in yours one more time, we'll see you how got we got it. Uh, first one was Leon Phelps, the ladies' man, 1997. And, uh, yeah, we, we're a big fan of Leon Phelps and uh, the work of Tim Meadows. Uh, we went with Tim Meadows on this one as well. Yep, that is the correct answer. Tim Meadows, he had his own movie, The Ladies' Man. Well done. With his glass of Cavatier. And it wasn't the mm-hmm. worst one of the SNL movies. No. No, no, we'll get to that one. We'll get to that one eventually. <laughs> Number nine. <laughs> Number two, Debbie Downer, 2004. That would be Rachel Dratch. Uh, Ken, I don't know if you know, but feline AIDS is the number one killer among domestic cats. <laughs> and we also said Rachel Dratch. That's correct. Rachel Dratch. Uh, number three, Drunk Uncle, 2011. <clears throat> Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> we also went with Bobby Moynihan. It is Bobby Moynihan. Well done. One of my favorite characters. It's, one, it's really fun. Uh, number four. I think this is a tough one. Nick Burns, your company's computer guy, 1999. Uh, I think this is a guy uh, most famous, of course, for being Justin Timberlake's best friend. Uh, this is Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, we were kind of confused on this one at first. I thought I could picture it, and then eventually the it just kind of clicked and said Jimmy Fallon. He'll fix your computer, and then he's going to make fun of you. He's Nick Burns, your company's computer guy. Uh, you're welcome. That's Jimmy Fallon. Well done. That's basically uh, your brother, five. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. That's a good reference. You know what's funny? I wouldn't have gotten it if you didn't say you're welcome uh, when we went into that because then it clicked in my head. I heard it. Mm-hmm. One of my one of the ones I had proposed here was uh, Fernando Lamas, but which you wouldn't know, which I wouldn't know instinctively. But if you said you look marvelous as his catchphrase, mm-hmm. then it kind of clicks in. That's one of those characters like, oh, you know who it is, but not the name. I'd love to see him in a sketch with Rob Schneider's uh, office guy, like, you know, oh, Ted. My God. <laughs> Fixing the copier. Um, bye bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, number five, Father Guido Sarducci from 1978. Uh, we were just playing the year here, and uh, we figured this might be a Dan Aykroyd character. For for this one, it helps because I am 49. I'm almost 50, so it helped to be a little bit older on this one. Uh, it's a guy named Don Novello. Yep, it is a guy named Don Novello, Father Guido Sarducci. Uh, number six, Ed Grimley, 1984. 
Again, a character that we don't know, and we picked Eddie Murphy. Uh, this is I didn't know this one, but Kevin was pretty sure this was Martin Short. Yeah, Martin Short, distinctive cowlick, uh, suspenders, plaid shirt. Yeah, Martin Short. Oh, I can picture that now. Yeah, probably maybe the most talented cast member that was never on an extended period of time because he was on a very short period of time. Mm. Number seven. The girl you wish you hadn't started a conversation with at a party, 2012. Uh, we kicked around Cecily Strong, but uh, we figured that might be just a touch too early for her, so we said Kristen Wiig. We didn't know this one, uh, so we also said Kristen Wiig just because she was on then and she played so many different characters. Uh, you should have followed your instinct with Cecily Strong. Mm. Still on the cast, too. Yeah, she's been on for a long time, and she was on Weekend Up. She was a host, co-host on Weekend Update too, before she stepped away oh. and started just doing uh, sketches. Uh, number eight, Mango, nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, this was not one of the hardest ones. So, no. so we said Chris Kattan. Uh, we also said Chris Kattan. Yeah, don't touch the mango. It's uh, Chris Kattan. <laughs> what a weird sketch that <laughs> was. <laughs> it is really weird, yeah. One of my favorite things that he's ever done, even though it's not on SNL, is, is um, Corky Romano with, when he's the Corky girl Romano, scout. Yeah. Like, you guys want some cookies? <laughs> so stupid. But I say that all the time to people, and they're like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, you know, the, the massive success, Corky Romano. <laughs> uh, number nine, Pat from 1990. Yeah, we just could not pull this name. Um, we kind of, like I said, uh, discussing with Jeff, I've heard interviews with this uh, comedic actress and just could not pull it. So we said uh, Lucky Johnson. For this one, uh, and I think this was her main character, Pat was played by Julia Sweeney. Yeah, Pat was played by Julia Sweeney. Well done. Nice one. Nice pull. Uh, and number 10. Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer, 1991. One of my absolute favorite uh, SNL cast members of all time. We said Phil Hartman. Yeah, I would argue the best uh, cast member, uh, Phil Hartman. Yep, just simple caveman lawyer who went to University of Miami Law School. That's uh, <laughs> Phil Hartman. <laughs> well, looks like we got about six of these, and you guys only missed one, so great job yeah. on that uh, swing around there. Very good. Very well yeah. done. That was a very tough, a uh, couple of really tough ones, I would say. Uh, but yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, and, and uh, compiling those points uh, for the next round, it looks like Team Banana Stand uh, is at uh, 100 even, and Team Hot Cops with 115. All right, great. We'll jump into round number two then. Uh, question number one, we'll do a little math for you. Uh, no. In the classic board game Clue, players must correctly identify one murderer, one murder weapon, and the one room it occurred. There are a total of six different murder suspects, six different weapons, and nine rooms, meaning that there are a total of how many different murder scenarios. Okay, we have done some quick math, and we are locked in. Actually, what Ken means is we've counted every single scenario we could, so it's going to be a really long episode, guys. <laughs> yeah, the big game's over. <laughs> we've been, we've been yeah. here. Congratulations to insert team name here. Yeah. <laughs> Denver Broncos. Um, <laughs> Definitely I think not the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I feel good with just multiplying them and getting with 324. How's that sound? Sounds good. So that's what we locked in with. Yeah, we figured if uh, any of the six could be murdered by any of the six weapons or be the murderer with any of the six weapons, 
and uh, any of the rooms, we just multiply them all together for 324. All you gotta do is multiply them together to get 324. Well done to both teams. Nice. I have a, we tried to, to overthink that one so bad. Mm-hmm. Me too. I have but a question. I, let you. I have a question for the group. I love that there's so many clue versions of you know TV shows. Or I, I, we played a Downton Abbey one with my mom recently, and um, I'm just curious. We'll, we'll pose this to uh, Joe and Kevin. If there was a triviality clue, what would our weapons be? Who? Uh, one a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay curious. Uh, for Neil, because he likes coffee. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Let's see. <laughs> It should be Original. something. Let's see. Wrestling related. A, a chair. Uh, an old steel chair. Steel chair. Yeah, steel chair. An old Michael Jordan jersey. Has a strangulation <laughs> rope. Yeah. Uh, bottle of Malort that you have to drink. Malort. The Malort, obviously. Poisoned by it, yeah. <laughs> uh, a screenplay of E.T. <laughs> I was going to say a, a bucket uh, of tiger balm. <laughs> <laughs> Drowned in a bucket of tiger balm. Bludgeoned with, uh, the, with the mic. Yeah. Those a are... can of Dutch boy paint. There you go. Those are... Oh, yeah. There you go. Great idea. So if you're listening, uh, Parker Brothers. We could do this. Yeah. Just make it. This is a good merchandising opportunity only, for you all. We need two more characters, though. Well, I was going to say, oh. Dutch boy and rules guy could be our characters. Oh, yeah. There you go. The only problem is that the rooms in this mansion, it's just there's just only one <laughs> so room. It's the, the sweat who's lodge. Who's the victim, then? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. The, someone stole Mr. Body. It could. Or it should just be the listener because they they have to listen to our show every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. They're the victim, <laughs> murdered by content in their own home. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. All right, number two in this round. RB Leipzig in Germany, FC Salzburg in Austria, and a club in Major League Soccer are some of the soccer teams that are owned by what beverage company? All right. We are going to lock in with a guess. Oh, um, well, I think I think the that Red Bull owns the New York Red Bulls, which would make sense. And I think that they would own soccer teams in Europe too then, right? Yeah, that, that was the only thing uh, that I was thinking of. I knew about the Red Bulls, but I couldn't think of anything else that was logical. Yeah, so I think we can lock in with that. It's a pretty good guess. So we're going to say... I hope this question gives us wings. We'll say Red Bulls. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, originally, I was thinking an alcoholic uh, beverage, but uh, it makes more sense to use a mixer. So we said Red Bull. The correct answer is Red Bull. Yeah, you got it. The Major League Soccer team is the New York Red Bulls. Uh, Salzburg FC Salzburg is especially known as FC Red Bull Salzburg. And although RB is unofficially stands for Red Bull, mm. it can't be because in Germany, you're not allowed to have corporate sponsors mm. in your team names. So they just go to RB and they made up the very clumsily uh, word, uh, very clumsy word, uh, Rosenball Sport, which means uh-huh. lawn ball sport to stand for RB, but you know what it means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, question number three. Squids, octopi, and cuttlefish are mollusks that belong to what class of animals? which takes its name from the Greek words for head and feet. We are locked in. I'm pretty sure those are cephalopods. Okay. You are, uh, you, you know more than I do. Um, I always get confused with what class and kingdom and phylum all actually mean, and I should learn that one day, but uh, we'll lock in with cephalopods. We too said cephalopods. Yeah, meaning head and feet. These are cephalopods. Cephalopoda is the class. Well done. All right, question number four. 
Galileo Galilei Airport is an international airport located in what city? The place of Galileo's birth and some of his notable experiments. All right, we are locked in. We have determined that he's probably Italian. Uh, so now we're deciding between Rome and Venice. And uh, what do you say, Venice? Yeah, let's go with Venice. Okay, we are locked in. All right, uh, we kind of ruled out Rome and Venice, and we were thinking about Florence, but then we thought about somebody doing experiments in the Leaning Tower, so we said... Pisa. You got it spot on. Leaning Tower of Pisa. That's where he was from. Did a lot of experiments. Pisa. That's the correct answer. Well done. Ooh, feel good about that one. Yeah, we thought Da Vinci was the airport in Rome, I, I think, but... I believe he was the first person ever to do the photograph where he puts his arm up and it looks like he's holding the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> that's, that's what he's best known that's for. What he's, that's, yeah, that's what he's known for, yeah. And the third guy to lie down to pretend it's an erection. <laughs> <laughs> Two other guys did it before him, so yeah. It is what it is. Can't do it all. <laughs> Number five. Uh, Vladimir Tenev is the co-founder and CEO of what app? which was founded in 2013, but skyrocketed as the number one free app in the App Store in late January 2021. All right, so me and Jeff are recalling a story where Elon Musk mentioned a app that he likes to use for messaging. So we think that's called Signal. Okay, uh, we went a different route. Um, I think we're going to put a big short on your answer. I think this has to do with the stocks. Uh, I think this was Robin Hood. Uh, so we're locking with Robin Hood. Yeah, Vladimir Tenev was the co-founder and CEO of Robin Hood. Well done. Nice mm. poll. So so it, it, it surged in downloads? It did. Right, it right the when the GameStop thing the happened? Store. Yeah. Well, ah. basically, if you download it, you get one free stock. That was its whole mm. gimmick. So everybody was downloading it to get their one stock of GameStop. And then they, then obviously we they decided, no, you, you can't do that. <laughs> and then things, things got a little crazy. Yeah. Yep. Things were crazy, but well done. After five questions of the second round, things are still tied up, both picking up 40 points. So the banana stands with 140 and hot cops with 155. Some would wow. call that tied up nice. and some would call that me and Jeff losing, but. Well, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to keep the excitement up, you know, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Well, <laughs> don't uh, no that's it's just a model of a leaning tower pizza that's that's it. is that a model of a leaning tower pizza or are you just happy to see me all right question number six in the movie back to the future part two biff first becomes a millionaire on his 21st birthday by gambling on what type of sporting event we're getting a lot of back to the future questions recently just by coincidence are we? Wow, I didn't uh, didn't realize. But, I just wa rewatched it, uh, uh, seeing how crazy it was. Yeah, I yeah, think it's because nuts. we all want to time travel a little bit right we now. We do. Um, yeah. But luckily, I'm a fan of these movies, and I think we can lock in. Okay, so I was we're thinking back to the movies. Kevin, you said you've seen the first one, right? I've seen the first one. I've a bunch of times. I haven't seen the second one in a long time. Okay, so, so this was all you. Yeah. So I was thinking the about the montage of you know the time passing and him becoming the millionaire. And I do remember him holding up a check and I thought it was at a horse racing event. 
um, just because also that would be something where he can go and bet legally, wouldn't have to go to Vegas, like go to a sports book. So that made sense to me. Uh, so we locked in with horse racing. Originally, I was thinking about the scene where he's in the car listening to the to the game, and uh, Jeff said that that was a college football. Yeah, I think it but was he, the UCLA but football he, game. He saved me because he said that wasn't actually what he bet on. Right. So uh, if, I'm, if I remember the scene from two correctly, he's at the bottom of uh, Marty's at the bottom of Biff Tower, and it's like Biff starts with the legacy of Buford Mad Dog Tannen or whatever, and then they move on to how he eventually placed a bet on a horse race and married his sweetheart or whatever and but we said horse race yep that's the correct answer horse racing well done to both teams when are we getting that pizza hut thing that you put the little pizza in and it makes a full size oh the pizza hydrator <laughs> i want one mm-hmm. that's all i care about if i could turn yeah. all of my pizza bagels into full-size pizzas i would be thrilled um they made the self-lacing shoes so we're like we're getting there it's just taking a lot longer than they Matt, give me my barbie hoverboard right now and there's a ton of like (laughs) zoom basically in it and you know video conferencing so they they were pretty early on that too Hey, they did call the cubs winning the world series so you're off they did but all right question number seven starring alongside jennifer anderson what actress plays bradley jackson a news reporter who replaces steve carell's character as a morning show co-host on the Apple TV series, The Morning Show. I don't have Apple TV. Yeah, I haven't seen this. Got 20 other streaming services. Shall we re-invoke the name of John Hamm? Hmm. He'd make a good anchor. He would. He'd make a great female anchor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I missed that part. I mean, get him a good wig. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to remember any of the press I saw around this, but... We'll say Christina Applegate. <laughs> An Apple show. Uh, makes sense to me. Uh, do you have any idea, Kevin? I have n- I've never even heard of the show. I- I've seen things about it. I had Apple TV Plus for about a week because I wanted to watch Ted Lasso. Oh, so I that's good. It, it was really good. But I've never seen this show. However, I think Reese Witherspoon is on it, and she has top billing along with Jennifer Aniston. All so right. that would be my guess. All right, we're going with uh, Reese Witherspoon. Mm, she also played uh, Rachel's sister on Friends. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, the correct answer is Reese Witherspoon. Um, similar to Kevin, I watched, I, have, I used my one week trial of Apple TV Plus on Ted Lasso, and I watched The Morning Show. Morning Show is fine, it's, it's <laughs> drama y, it's fine. Uh, but I mean, I highly recommend Ted Lasso. And so just for that, I, I, yeah, our great. friend won't yeah. stop raving about it. Quite frankly, yep. that is true. I, it's a lot of gifts, and I really want to watch it. I, I, I just got the trial to watch uh, Palmer, the Justin Timberlake movie, which was very good, directed right. by Fisher mm-hmm. Stevens. But uh, I'd like to see Ted Lasso. I mean, the only, the only reason I would uh, get Apple TV is because I want to see the director's cut of Midsummer. True to my character. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't that like four hours? Oh yeah. Is it okay? <laughs> I don't think it's four, but it's long. It's long. Yeah. Yeah. Now, does the director's cut come with someone who comes into your home while you're watching and, and gives you two hands to help you, you know, push you to watch it, if you know what I mean? I think... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, just a little encouragement, A little you know? encouragement. I think they also uh, throw buckets of blood at you mm. and, you know, smell vision stuff yeah. like that. So The way it should be. <laughs> smell vision <laughs> All right. Question number eight in this round. Alberto Fujimori served as the president of what South American country? From 1990 to 2000, his presidency was marred by corruption and human rights abuses, forcing him to flee the country and attempt to resign the presidency via fax message. 
Columbia had a had a lot of uncertainty and a lot of issues. So, I mean, yeah, and like, like, and then in the 1990s, it was definitely like basically run by the cartels. So that would make sense. And then 2000 is when uh, Bush came into charge. I'm trying to think if we had like some kind of war fight or something with them, but I think I think we can lock in with Colombia. Sounds good. I know Colombia is a possibility, but yeah, I think the cartels had a lot of influence. I feel like I would have heard about that. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's on a whim say Peru. The correct answer is Peru. <laughs> Get out of here. Good job. Wow. I happen to remember it. <laughs> you did. Yep, it's Peru. Not many clues in that question. It's just a really, you know, interesting story where Fujimori tried to resign the presidency through a fax machine. Uh, Congress said no, and they impeached him anyway. So what? What did you remember about that? I had heard. I had heard about him when I was. Um, I think it was like uh, like a biographics video or something I was watching that like led me down a rabbit hole. So, okay. Yeah. It made me think of uh, the last time we were able to hang out, Matt, when I was in town for meetings, and I took you to one of my favorite restaurants, Mario's Peruvian in Los Angeles. Mm. And I miss it. But oh, that's delicious. Except we both had to take a nap afterwards, basically. That was a lot of food, that's for sure. All right, question number nine. Well, music question for you. Name any one of the three rules regarding a breakup established in the chorus of the 2017 hit Dua Lipa song, New Rules. (laughs) Name one of the three rules. Name any one of the three rules. You don't know? To the death. All right, we're going to say rule number... We don't know what number, but we're gonna say we're gonna say you don't talk about don't don't look back, don't look back. I like don't look back. The three it's of a breakup. Is that what it is? Yes. Oh God, I know the name Dua Lipa. I don't know if I'm familiar with the works of Dua Lipa. I know one of her songs, but not that one. Neil's Neil's like uh, trying to contain himself right now. (laughs) Yeah, Dua Lipa is one of my favorites. I I'm a big fan of hers. Neil Neil knows all the rules. Oh, I do. It's because it's songs about me. So <laughs> I'd like to ask the rules guy if he if he's familiar with these at all. Probably. The not. rules of the breakup um, are simple. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do you do you have any insight into this? What are, what are some rules when you have a breakup? I I can't delete her Snapchat. Yeah. Right? Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I wish I even had a, a good guess. Yeah, I would say no scrubs, no, no late night calls. I guess we'll say that. Okay. Okay, Neil, do you want to help him out? Yeah, Matt was a, was a little close. Uh, you don't yeah. you don't want to pick up the phone because he's probably drunk and alone. Uh, oh no, I know the song. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, you don't want to don't let him in, and then uh, don't be his friend uh, because you're going to end up in his bed in the morning or something. Uh, same lines. same yep. rules with vampires. Exactly. And if you're under him, <laughs> you ain't getting over him. Well done. Yeah, one, don't pick up the phone because you know he's only calling because he's drunk and alone. Two, don't let it in. You have to kick him out again. And three, don't be his friend. I thought it was one cut a hole in the box. (laughs) 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 That's the way you do it. That's the new rules. Oh, man. That's a good song. Now that I I hear it in my head. Yeah. 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 Now I recognize it. Mm -hmm. All right. And question number 10. Last one in the round. Released in 2019. 
The Testaments is the sequel novel to what 1985 dystopian novel? Mm, I know this one. 2019. 1985 was the original. Mm-hmm. Dystopian. Is this um, uh, with the sandworms? Dune? That's, Dune. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I know that the movie was around that time. Yeah, and then it would make sense that maybe they wanted to capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Unless there's... Uh, no, there wouldn't be a Mad Max. I don't think that's based off a novel. I think I think Dune's a good answer. Graphic yeah. novel, maybe. But yeah, we can we can lock in with Dune. Well, yep. interestingly enough, I was doing a lot of research about Dune recently because I was thinking about reading it, and I was like, how many of these books do I need to really read if I'm going to read it? Um, and sequels are coming out all the time. They're written by the original author's son, but it's not Dune. It's Handmaid's Tale, and that's why <laughs> Jeff is wearing that red robe today. I was wondering about that, but he knew. <laughs> It is The Handmaid's Tale. Well done. Good call. Wow. Well, I've been pretty excited here in the corner. We can see that. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, the scores are so close. It's just really making me anxious about the final round here. But uh, the final scores going into the round, the final round. <laughs> the, <laughs> finally yet. So excited. <laughs> the score is apt. leaning. I would say the leading tower is really apt, turns out. <laughs> The scores uh, after regulation going into the final round are 170 for Banana Stand and 175 for the Hot Cops. Wow. So only five wow. points. Wow. Uh, I love a close game. I love a high-scoring game, too. Y'all have been very good this game. Yes. So what are those categories right. that they can wager on, Joe? Here we go. Uh, the first one is Name the Year. Number two is Name the Country. Number three, Name the Woman. Number four, Name the Book. And number five, you'll have to spell the answer. All right. We will consider our wagers. And while we do that, why don't you stop over at Tee Public and pick yourself up a T-shirt or a stylish mug to show off to your coworkers or a sticker? I've been really holding out for those Triviality lunchboxes. But... <laughs> yeah, well, now we need lunchboxes and a clue game, I, I guess. So we'll have to work on that. But yeah, you can go to Tee Public, type in Triviality, or just go to our website, TrivialityPodcast.com, and click on Merchandise, and you'll be right there. And with that shameless promotion, the wagers are locked in. All right. Here's question number one. Name the year. The, th- the 2013 play and recent film adaptation One Night in Miami takes place the night Cassius Clay won the heavyweight championship in February of what year? Sam Cooke would be killed that same year, and Malcolm X would be assassinated the following year. Number two. Name the country. King Stephen I currently appears on the bank note worth 10,000 forints. I'll spell that for you. F-O-R-I-N-T-S. Forints. The currency of what European country? Number three, name the woman. In 2017, John C. Calhoun College on Yale's campus was renamed for what computer scientist and Navy rear admiral? Among her accomplishments was developing the origins of the programming language COBOL. Number four, name the book. Barack Obama has published four books in his lifetime. Dreams from My Father in 1995, The Audacity Hope in 2006, Of the I Sing, a children's book from 2010, and What's Memoir, released in 2020, with a title that he states reflects his hopes for America. And number five, spell the answer. The winning word at the 1937 Scripps National Spelling Bee 
is the same as the name of a 2006 U.S. number one hit for six weeks on the Billboard Hot 100. Spell this word defined as having or characterized by many transient, transient sexual relationships. Okay, we have heard the questions and we will work on the answers. We'll be right back. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. All the answers are now in. Joe, can we have the questions one more time and we'll see how we did. You got it. Here goes. Question number one. Name the year. The 2013 play and recent film adaptation One Night in Miami takes place the night Cassius Clay won the heavyweight championship in February of what year? Sam Cooke would be killed that same year, and Malcolm X would be assassinated the following year. All right. We bet a big zero on this one because we're not good at year guessing, but we took a guess and we said... Uh, yeah, we thought... Uh, it was 1965 for um, Malcolm X, so we guessed the year before to fit the clue. He said 64. Uh, we wagered 30, and I thought that Ali had or Cassius Clay had at the time had won the title a little bit earlier. Um, so we said 62. The correct answer is 1964. Mm. Yeah, I only knew that because I knew when Malcolm X was killed. Right. Uh, I highly recommend watching the the movie on Amazon Prime. It's a great account, uh, a fictionalized account, but it's a great, uh, yeah, great film overall. Absolutely. We have we have recommendations for all the streaming services today. Yeah, we'll, we're touching them, touching them all. We'll get uh, some uh, Tubi and some Pluto TV eventually. Reruns <laughs> of Matlock on Pluto yep, TV. <laughs> Number two. Name the country. King Stephen the first currently appears on the banknote worth ten thousand forints. The currency of what European country? 
All right, wagering 15 on this one. Uh, we mostly just had to do process of elimination and then take a guess, and we said Norway. Norway. Yeah, we were also looking at Nordic countries. Uh, we wagered 20 on this one, and I just couldn't place it, and we just went with the uh, the old standby Luxembourg. Uh, king Stephen the First from the year 1000 was the first king of Hungary. Mm. Hungary uses the forint. Ooh, this is not going well for us. No. <laughs> Number three, name the woman. In 2017, John C. Calhoun College on Yale's campus was renamed for what computer scientist and Navy Rear Admiral, among her accomplishments, was developing the origins of the programming language COBOL. All right. Well, we uh, we took a wager of 15 on this, and uh, we didn't know for sure. So as we've been doing the rest of this game, we went for Johnson, hoping that that might provide us a little bit of luck. Give us Lucky Johnson. For this one, we wagered 30 points, and once I heard the question, I wish we could have wagered even more. Uh, I'm a business ed teacher, and I used to teach computer-related things, and so I'm pretty sure the answer is Grace Hopper. It is, in fact, Grace Hopper. Nice job. Number four, name the book. Barack Obama has published four books in his lifetime, including what? 2020 memoir with a title that states he, re what sta he states reflects his hopes for America. Uh, again, we wagered a conservative 15, um, which made me think that maybe the name of the book was The Audacity of Our Bet on this question. But we just went with forward because we don't know it. Um, so we wagered 10 on this one. And this is one that I think that I saw at a Target recently on one of their book stands or whatever. I think it's called A Promised Land. It is called A Promised Land. Good well poll, done. Matt. Nice poll. All right, final question. Spelling, the 1937 Scripps National Spelling Bee winning word is the same as the 2006 U.S. number one hit for six weeks on the Billboard Hot 100. Spell this word defined as having or characterized by many transient sexual relationships. Once again, we bet zero here. Um, not good at spelling, and we knew that, so I just forced Jeff to spell it. Yeah, we uh, we think the word in question uh, comes from a Nelly Furtado song, Promiscuous Girl. So we said promiscuous, uh, P-R-O-M-I-S-C-U-O-U-S. We uh, went with 30 points on this one, and we also thought it was the same song, and we spelled it the same way, P-R-O-M-I-S-C-U-O-U-S, promiscuous. That is the correct answer. Promiscuous is the same as the song by Nelly Furtado and the winning word at the 1937 Scripps National Spelling Bee. Nice job, both teams. Well, it looks like Team Banana Stand is going to end with 125 points, but today's cream of the crop, the Hot Cops, are finishing with 195. I am the cream. Well done. Well, well thought. Thank you. Good good performance in the final there. We, we, we uh, mm -hmm. went zero for five. Yeah, that Grace Hopper poll, I was not getting there. So <laughs> great job, Kevin. Thanks. Yeah, it was right within my wheelhouse on that one. Joe, that was a fabulous game. A lot of fun on, on this one. We got a lot of questions right, um, but it just wasn't enough for us. Yeah, well, absolutely, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure seeing you all again. I uh, hope to see you all sometime in the future when everything's hope somewhat close to normal. Um, I'm missing Geek Bowl. I'm missing the community, but I'm glad to have spent this afternoon with y'all indeed and kevin thank you for joining us great performance today thanks so much this was a lot of fun and uh, i've been listening to you guys forever and it is a 
great podcast that you guys do every week. Thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. Yep. So uh, with that, uh, on behalf of Kevin, Joe, my co-host, Ken, Matt, Neil, I'm Jeff. That's the correct order, I think. That was Triviality. have no cephalopod jokes i was waiting for the no, i was uh, trying to say i was Quentin trying to Tarantino think of reference. Oh, i have a i have a very disturbing story but i'll tell you afterwards because no, no, no. yeah I, I mean it's about cephalopods but we'll, we'll talk about it later because it does not need to be on air that's for sure okay. <laughs> i can't imagine